Welcome to But Jesus Drank Wine and other stories that kept us stuck. I'm Mead. And I'm Christy. In this podcast, we'll explore the stories that kept us, well, stuck, wanting to drink and not wanting to drink all at the same time. Join us as we show you that freedom from alcohol does not have to mean a life sentence of misery and missing out, but actually means living an authentic life full of peace, joy, and purpose. Hello, happy Monday, my beautiful friends. We have a special guest in the studio today. Carolina, say hi. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Hi, Carolina. Um, Carolina is a colleague, a fellow coach. She is an alcohol-free empowerment expert who helps intuitive women ditch alcohol and discover their greater purpose, which we love. She's worked with thousands of clients through her programs to change their drinking and unleash a new level of health, happiness, and drive to go after their biggest dreams. Uh, She's the best-selling author of Euphoric Ditch Alcohol and Gain a Happier, More Confident You, which is so good, you guys. If you haven't read it, put it on your list. It's amazing. I loved it. So good. So good. And it's been featured everywhere. The Huff Post, Gold Digger, The Sunday Post, Pop Sugar, Real Simple, all the places, Elite Daily. And we're just so, so blessed and honored to have you today, babe. Thank you for being here. Christy, I'm so excited. Meet as well. And before we hit record, I was trying to pronounce how to say your last name, and then I forgot to say it. So that's great. So Carolina Jabkowska. No. Very close. Yeah. Jadkowska. Jadkowska. Okay. Well, we're going to link everything, obviously, in the show notes so you can find her. But we thought that this would be a really good time since we're heading into the holiday Christmas mania season talking about how to be more confident in social situations without drinking. And this is one of my favorite things that you write about and that you talk about, Carolina. So yeah, let's just, should we start with a little bit of your story and then dive in? Or what do you feel like doing? Sure. Yeah, I can give a little quick uh, hook notes of my story. Um, Right. So people people know a little bit about you and then we'll we'll dive into the Christmas party mania. (laughs) Well, you know, like most people, I started drinking a lot in college and, you know, such a party lifestyle I had back then, like no boundaries around it. Actually, that's the most I was ever drinking was in college. And as I grew up, I was like, okay, now we need to put some boundaries around this. Now I got to get a real job. Now I'm going to get married. And so basically what happened is I compartmentalized drinking. It was something I only did in the weekend. And then Monday through Thursday, I lived a really healthy lifestyle. I was getting really into like health and mindfulness. So things like yoga classes and meditation and green juice were regular fixtures of my life Monday through Thursday, right? But every weekend, no matter what it was, whether it was a dinner party or sushi night or a brewery or game night or Netflix at home with some wine, alcohol was always a part of my weekends. And I woke up every Monday morning just feeling a shell of myself and, you know, really kind of wishing I could take a break from alcohol, but feeling so stuck in this like idea that that's going to mean I have a problem. Everyone's going to ask questions about it and all that kind of stuff. I was also like stuck in this trap of just like Monday through Friday couldn't go fast enough. And that weekend was like the treasure, the like end of the finish line. And I really lived in almost a really unfulfilled state, you would say, just using alcohol as the highlight of my week, really, sadly. And it was dry January in 2018 that finally changed everything. Not only did I take a break from alcohol, but I really found, you know, more simple pleasures and my mood elevating and and really starting to kind of get to know myself in a new way. I drank a few times in February, really hated it and decided to go take another break from alcohol. 
and I've been alcohol-free since. It'll be six years next February. Uh, but re- really happened is that like Monday through Friday, TGIF kind of pattern I had, I really recognized that I was actually so unfulfilled with my week, you know? And as I was going alcohol-free and doing so much self-discovery, these things that I always wanted to do but never thought were possible for my life finally became like in the realm of possibility. Because if I could ditch alcohol and be happy, then like now the floodgates open, like, well, what else could I do? And this new sense of confidence and courage really spilled over into like, why couldn't I be an entrepreneur? Why couldn't I leave my day job? Why couldn't I write a book? And I did these things really fast. I launched my business. I launched a podcast. I wrote a book and slowly but surely was able to leave my day job as well. And literally now it's like I've created a life that gives me that fulfillment every single day by, you know, really aligning my life with my deeper values of impact. I did not feel like I was making an impact in my previous job freedom. I now get to travel whenever I want, work whenever I want, you know, really kind of cultivating a career based on my desires. And also the these really deep sense of purpose and just fulfillment of doing something that you love, which I think is so, you know, lacking. And when you it's so interesting because when you look at it, there's these statistics that share around, you know, 60 or so percent of people usually over drink or drink more than the health guidelines, which are obviously pretty low in most countries. So it's like, yep, that's the majority of people are drinking a little more than they should. Uh, And also there's statistics that show that 60% of people are also unfulfilled in their careers. So I just think those two things go so much more hand in hand than we've been able to like talk about and recognize like on Mm -hmm. a bigger, you know, dialogue. And that's the thing that really changed everything for me was not only changing the way I saw alcohol, my mindset around it, learning how to be comfortable in my skin again, socializing without it, you know, I'm such a big introvert, which we can get into in just a moment about socializing. But then, you know, really finding that deeper purpose was so important along the journey so that it wasn't like I needed alcohol to even have a highlight of the week. I was getting high every single day based on what I was doing. And that's what I love so much about the work I do is not just helping women ditch that alcohol, but it's like, what's the secret for your sense of fulfillment, your sense of meaning, your sense of purpose that is really, I think, the deeper thing that we're all here on this planet to discover and to live into. You know what I mean? And once you find that and you're living into that, it's like alcohol becomes this silly little thing in the rearview window of your you know, life where you're really chasing the bigger things that matter, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's what we talk about a lot, too, especially here, like in the in the guise of chatting with Christian women, like, you know, that that ends up being transformative for us with our relationship with Jesus and all this other stuff. And so it's it does. It clears the way for what matters the most. I love that so much. And I also absolutely love and absolutely related to the wishing the week away <laughs> to get to the weekend, except in my case, it was like wishing the day away because I didn't have that rule of just the weekend. <laughs> but I was literally just like counting the clock to wine time and just looking back on that now you know, you talked about fulfillment. It is the most unfulfilling place to be stuck in that, in that cycle. So yeah, so, so, so glad you're here. Tell us kind of like your, one of your like top tips or we can go through, I'm sure there's a lot we can talk through, but like, I know that we've all got these questions and all of our emails and DMs and everything of just like, okay, what do I do if I'm brand new to this? If I've had a few alcohol-free weeks or days under my belt, I'm kind of trying to stay on this path, but now we've arrived at party season and 
holy cow, like, what do I do? Do I avoid the parties altogether? Do I go and go for an hour? What, what, tell us what you, what you think. Yeah. Well, I have a little bit more than just one tip, if that's okay. But. I, I know you have a bunch. I know. We're going to be here all day. Like, let's talk about all of them. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, like, I just want to preface by saying that, like, I am a very big introvert. I grew up really, really shy. And so in high school, I was someone who didn't have as many friends and kind of just, like, hung out on the sidelines. Everything changed when I went to college and discovered alcohol. Like, that was literally, like, my ticket to popularity and being more extroverted and gregarious and I would make so many friends and always go out and all this kind of stuff. And it was this huge identity shift of like who I was. Like I'm no longer the quiet girl. I'm the party girl. You know what I mean? And in many yeah. ways it like kind of it gave that false fuel of confidence, you know, but it was, it was something that then attached into a really deep belief into my brain that like I need alcohol to be confident, to socialize, to be not awkward, to be able to hang out with people you know, I even felt that deep belief, even just hanging out with my family. Like when I was drinking, even just hanging out with my family felt like uncomfortable if alcohol wasn't around, which is kind of sad to say that like that's how uncomfortable I felt in my own skin. You know what I mean? And so the idea of socializing without alcohol was probably one of my bigger fears, you know, when it comes to it. And so there's a few different things that I love to, to address. So first of all, if you do find yourself more on the introverted side or just like you know, being, you know, a little wary of it feeling awkward or just not as fun. It's really important to recognize that so many people feel the same, that like so many people are awkward. Nobody likes small talk. Meeting people you've never met before is weird for everybody. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And to stop pointing yourself out as the one person who just can't handle these kind of social situations and also recognizing it as a challenge that's going to help you grow. You know, like every single time you use alcohol to fix that like lack of like lack of security, lack of confidence, you're never fixing the problem. You're just outsourcing it for that one moment. You know what I mean? So every time that I went to socialize alcohol free, it was like a muscle I was building that had never been really worked out before. And each time I did it, it just got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. I think it's also really important to recognize that this isn't just about like you know, hanging out with people and that social confidence, but it's this idea that I'm not drinking and everybody else is drinking and that's going to, you know, point me out or that's going to make me feel deprived or anything like that. And I'd love to just reframe that so quickly. You know, when I shared earlier that around 60% or so people over drink, around 52% the last time the statistic was discovered wish that they drank less or not at all. So it's like when you go to a party, alcohol-free, when you are the one who's not drinking, Half of the people, if not the majority of the room, actually is looking at you and wishing some part of them deep down, wishing they could do what you are doing, but they don't yet have either the courage or the intuition to either, you know, really take that step. So it's kind of switching instead of being the one who feels like you're the one who's left out or the odd one out is how do I see myself as a leader? How do I see myself as the role model? How do I see myself as the inspirer? And one of my favorite ways to really embody this for clients is to have them pick out their favorite celebrity who doesn't drink. And just thinking of your favorite celebrity, you know, walking on the red carpet with their gown, just all just beautiful or whatever they do, you know, if they're a thought leader, if they're an author, just imagine the power they have, imagine the confidence they have. And being a non-drinker, like, do you think they're embarrassed about that? Do you think they let themselves get flustered when someone offers them a drink and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't drink? Or do you think they own it? 
You know, Tony Robbins doesn't drink, for example. Do you think he lets anyone give him any crap for that or anything like that? Or does he like embody that as just like a, you know, this is what allows me to do all the beautiful things I do in the world. And when you look at the people like from Brene Brown to Tony Robbins to Deepak Chopra to Gabby Bernstein to some incredible celebrities who don't drink, it's like the secret. It's like the movers and shakers of the world discover that alcohol does not fit in with a purposeful life. And so it's like, that's what allows them to, you know, live their beautiful purpose to such an extent. So it's kind of like changing the way you also see not drinking as a superpower instead of seeing it as something that's embarrassing or that's like, you know, having you miss out or anything like that. I also love changing the story, especially around the holidays of like, you know, you've had all of your adult life. Every single holiday is probably already revolve around alcohol, right? Like if we're just being honest, you know? So it's like the FOMO is actually the other way around. You've never even experienced it without alcohol. What if that's the most incredible thing you've ever witnessed? What if you don't have to go to your holiday party worrying about having that third drink, having those wine stains on your teeth and saying something silly or out of character to your boss? What if you can just like have that freedom and that peace of learning how to be yourself and, you know, going to bed feeling so much pride and integrity with how the night went and then waking up the next morning feeling amazing? And I remember my first holiday season, I had some of the biggest epiphanies of my life, just recognizing the differences between this holiday season and past ones. And just how much more incredibly engaged, incredibly present, and just soaking it all in and all that meaning. And so for me, as someone who like loves to rise above challenges and really help people change their limiting beliefs, you know, unless like you really hate those friends, I wouldn't say don't go to the party. I wouldn't say like see a, you know, recluse and stay in. I would see it as this personal growth challenge of like, how can I develop confidence within instead of outsourcing it out to a beverage? And you know, Every single time I did drink when I thought it was making me more confident, do you know what I was really telling my subconscious? It was, Carolina, you're not good enough. You don't have anything interesting to say. Nobody actually really wants to talk to you. You're a loser. You don't know how to small talk. These people don't like you. But here, have this drink and then you'll be better. It was eroding all of my confidence. And by the time I stopped drinking around 30 years of old age, My confidence was sky low and my self-esteem was sky low because I kept outsourcing it to alcohol, not to mention all the times I let myself down and broke promises to myself and all those rules and all those things like that. So I think it's really recognizing that confidence only comes intrinsically. It'll never come from these like outside sources, you know, the way that we've been taught to use it. And then really kind of reframing this idea that like, you know, it's 2023. So many people are interested in alcohol-free lifestyle. When you go to the party or the, you know, Christmas event or that holiday get together, you're the one people might be looking up to and have like beautiful questions to ask or just inspiring them. Or even if it's triggering them, it's triggering them potentially in a good way to kind of rethink their own drinking. Yeah, I love that so much. One of the things that you said in the beginning, which I feel like I always end up saying lately is that that whole idea of like nobody likes small talk, right? Like it's awkward and and we don't enjoy it. And I think because we're also in a space where we're deeply connecting with women and maybe men all day long, the small talk feels totally draining. And so I know that you said, like, don't be a recluse, but I also think it's important, like, let's talk a little bit about, like, boundaries also and saying no, because for me, I think this is one of the biggest things of the holiday season is, like, what can you take off your plate? 
Like, don't be a recluse, like go out, but like if you want to, right? Like if you want to, because if it's going to be, and I know I've said this a lot this this season already, but you know, you don't have to go to the class drinks and talk about all the other kids in the class with their parents. Like it's exhausting and you don't have to do it. So can you talk a little bit about like saying no and taking things off your plate and like finding peace and rest as well? Because I think that's the other side of like, the confidence in being social is in order to have the energy and the confidence to do that, like we have to pick our pick our battles, so to speak, you know? Absolutely. And I think it's like the holiday season's a really important time to kind of reassess those boundaries. And instead of saying yes to everything like that, you know, being connected and being with the people that you want to be with is I think important, but that doesn't mean that everything falls under those criteria. And I think it's really important too to recognize that the holiday season is going to be really trying. You know, like there is a lot of mixed emotions that come with the holidays. There could be a lot of loneliness or just like whatever comes up, stress, you know, trying to arrange the perfect holiday for your kids or all the things, you know, you have more errands, more to-dos, more everything on your plate. Maybe you're hosting, maybe the parents are coming into town, maybe you have to go see your in-laws. Like it's insane this time of year, you know what I mean? And I think especially as an introvert, but especially, you know, this advice applies for anyone is that like, we need me time. Like me time is the only thing that fuels us as introverts. Like we have to like carve out that time by ourselves to like refuel and just recenter ourselves and stuff like that. And especially when it's more family, more guests, more, you know, in-laws, all that stuff happening during that holiday season. That's one of the top pieces of advice I love to share with my clients is like, you have to be carving out that time for you. It's not a time to people please and do everything your uncle wants to do. You know what I mean? But like really find those moments where you can be with yourself. And especially if say you're spending the night or somewhere, you know, different than your normal household, maybe it's leaving early in the morning to go on a nice walk or to do some yoga in the backyard or something like that. You know, I also love the idea of retiring early. Like you don't have to stay up all night with everyone until 12, you know, midnight to to hang out. Like, you know, excuse yourself at 9 p.m. All the good stuff's already happened and go take a beautiful bath or something like that. So I definitely think that, you know, really anchoring some me time during the holiday season is important. And to recognize that, like, yes, you can say no, you can leave early, like you can do whatever you want. And to just like, no, like, well, like, I have a limit, for example, like, I will not, I really challenged myself to socialize when I was going alcohol free. But there's that limit to it, you know what I mean? So it's like that perfect balance, I think we're talking about of like really discovering what that is. And if you recognize it, you know, alcohol didn't allow us to ever listen to that limit. It's like maybe naturally we would have all been ready to go home and, you know, go to bed at 10 p.m. But alcohol was like, come on, let's have another. Let's stay out. You know, so it was like we never learned to even listen to our own personal preferences and what really feels good for each of us. We just like let alcohol run that show. So it's also a really cool time of self-discovery of being like, you know what? I love to go to coffee with my friend. I love to go to a hike and walk with two or three buddies. You know what I mean? I hate networking events. So it's like really allowing yourself to even discover what do I like? What do I not like? What kind of connection do I do I really need? What fuels my soul? And as you mentioned earlier, especially when you're getting into this world, the conversations are so deep. When it's focused on personal development and growth, when it's focused on your bigger dreams and not, you know, petty or small talk or gossip, like we start fueling and craving a different kind of connection. You know what I mean? And so it's important to then have those cornerstones in my life. Like if I need to have coffee with a friend and talk about deep things, I need to like have that as a cornerstone. And then the things that don't fuel me as much, you know, the small talk around the cooler and the big parties, 
uh, you know, there's there's going to be a little bit of more scarcity around having those as present in my life. So it's like really making sure you still are getting the connection that fuels you. And instead of just, you know, having to be drained with the kind that doesn't really fuel you as much. And, you know, it really does depend too, like, especially if, if you're getting to a point where you're like, I have nothing in common with anyone anymore. <laughs> like, you know, I, I just live a totally different life, you know, all those kinds of things. And you are in those kind of situations. I would also just invite you to say like, well, what can I find in common with this person? Can I talk about a latest Netflix show? Can I talk about travel? You know, so it's like also making the best of these situations where we don't feel comfortable. They're still teaching us to grow and expanding ourselves and getting through an uncomfortable moment. You know what I mean? And then you can always, you know, be proud of yourself. Put that boundary up and say, hey, it's 930. It's time to go. (laughs) 930. (laughs) How about 830? Just kidding. (laughs) So everyone needs a pillow like Christie's that says, tell us what, tell us again what your pillow says, Christy. I love it so much. Oh, one of my best girlfriends gave it to me. It literally says, please, please leave by nine. <laughs> it's the best, it's the best, best gift ever. Can you talk a little bit too, because I think this is so important and I'm 99.9% sure you talk about it in the book of making a plan and visualizing and like the strategies to get you through like a holiday party, because I think taking all the decisions off the table, if you can plan for every variable ahead of time, that was massive for me in the beginning. Can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. So I love like, you know, I love the idea, especially if someone's new to this, of really seeing it as a break from alcohol and really having some kind of limit to it, you know, whether it's a month, 60 days, 90 days, half a year, whatever that is. So that when you're going into the like event or the party or whatever it is, there's no negotiating. Like you've already made this decision. The decision is super clear. We don't go back and forth on the decision. And one of the things I have clients do really early on is like instead of checking off, like if anyone likes to do tracking, some people love it, some people hate it. But if you do like that kind of tracking where you're like, you know, getting a check off that you didn't drink or something like that, don't wait till the end of the day to do it. Like do it in the morning. Check off that you didn't drink that day in the morning. It's going to be so much harder to then, you know, go back into the evening and be like, oh, wait, I want to like minus those check marks I already gave myself, you know. So it's like I think it's really having a really strong firm, like making the decision much earlier when you're in that frame of mind and just that having that be a total non-negotiable. And then you're right, as you're kind of looking at the evening, actually, what I love to do is say it's called picture the alternative which means like, why don't you visualize actually the evening with alcohol? Because we're so good at romanticizing that evening with alcohol. Like, oh, mm. I'm going to miss out. Everyone's going to have the wine or the, you know, the mulled stuff. Like you were just like get into that frame of mind. But it's like, no, 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 let's get real. What would the night look like with alcohol? And, you know, whether even if it wouldn't have been this big blowout or anything like that, but just like, okay, well, I'd have two glasses or three glasses, then I'd want more, but I'd try to moderate. I'd be like frustrated. I'd be thinking in my head, when do I time these drinks out? How much water do I need to have? When do I sleep? When do the wine stains start? You know, how do I go to bed that night? I'm pretty restless. Like, I'm, you know, all of the just, woo, the, the, the chatter that we get in our brain when we're revolving around alcohol, especially when we are trying to moderate. And then if not trying to moderate, then it's just like, you know, it's going to end up horrible. You know, it's going to end up with, you know, just feeling so bad the next day. All of it comes at just such a big cost to us. You know what I mean? And I think recognizing that all of that chatter, all of that, you know, worrying about it, all of that monitoring yourself, all of the like ill feelings you'll have the next day, the rough sleep, the, you know, really the disappointment in yourself too, 
Does that feel good? Does any of that feel good? So allowing yourself to like really realistically visualizing what the night could look like with alcohol, I think is really smart. And then feeling so freaking lucky that you don't have to go through that. So lucky. Just be like, oh my gosh, I get to go into this evening. I'll have a few mocktails. I'll go to bed at 930. I will do my skincare routine. I'll like wake up the next morning feeling amazing. I'll have really good connecting conversations with people. I will stretch my socializing muscles, like, you know, really getting excited and feeling lucky about what it's going to look like without alcohol and visualizing that as the ideal scenario, I think is super, super helpful. And I love that contrast because, you know, like, especially for the holidays, my family um, is Polish Catholic. So our Christmas Eve is really big. We do like 13 courses. It's the biggest day of the year, basically. And our Christmas is a little not as important. I mean, it's just my parents go full out on Christmas Eve. That's when we open presents and everything. So for as long as I was drinking, we drank, I drank a lot on Christmas Eve for as long as I can remember, which means that every single memory I have of Christmas Day as a drinker sucked. Every single one, every single one, I woke up feeling not my best and on the wrong side of the bed and hating myself for the day before, you know, and when we think of these like beautiful holidays and these rituals and these special memories that we're trying to create for ourselves and our families, how sad is that, you know? And then my first holiday season, I just remember how beautiful it really was to be so present for all of that, to wake up the next day full of that gratitude, full of that appreciation, full of that celebration of what the day meant and being able to be present with my loved ones. It was such a big contrast. And so for anyone who hasn't experienced it yet, you know, I really invite you to say like, well, what if that's the FOMA? What if that's what we've been missing out on our whole lives of like having this actual joyous celebration and holiday compared to the version that we've had drinking. You've experienced the version with drinking for years. You know what that feels like. You know it in and out. You know what I mean? What you're really missing out on is the version without alcohol. And I think it really goes back to the feelings of how the holidays used to feel when we were kids. I mean, it was the most exciting time ever of the year. And there were such simple joys and pleasures and doing things like stringing popcorn on a string, you know, just these beautiful memories that we were able to form around the holidays. It's like that's what we can tap back into without alcohol during the holiday season. It becomes all about those beautiful moments and those simple pleasures and those rituals and then connecting times with our families. And even if the holidays are a really hard time for you, you know, if it brings up more things, I think it's a really good important time to like really go inward and focus on yourself and really mothering yourself and really doing that self-discovery work and you know, especially with 2024 around the corner. I'm not the biggest fan of resolutions, but I'm a big fan of intentions, you know, and really starting to think of what do I want 2024 to bring? Like, what do I really want to manifest and create in my life? What do I want to build? What do I want to invite more into? And having a lot of time in the month of December to really be able to think about those things, I think is really important as well. I love that. One of the things I love doing with clients that I feel like is so helpful is to ask not only how do you want to feel like every day of the holiday season, right? So for me, that's like connected with my family, especially my kids, joyous, like at peace. Like what do these days want to feel like for you? And like does alcohol even remotely like have a, 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 no, it doesn't. Like it just, it doesn't have anything. It doesn't help with any of those things, right? But also Like, how do you want to feel on January 2nd, right? It's all said and done. Like, how do you want to feel about how 2023 Christmas went for you and for your family? And I think that helps with the boundaries thing. And it helps with the, like you were just saying, playing the tape forward. How does the night look like with a drink and without the drink? 
And so, yeah, like set, you set the intention for 2024, but send the intention now too for like, what, uh, what is Christmas going to feel like for you? And what, what, how do you want to feel at the end of it? I'd love to talk a little bit about you're at the party. Okay. We're going back to the party and the people are the, not the people that one colleague or that one girlfriend starts challenging you about the fact that you because you're not Tony Robbins yet, <laughs> you know, and you're not super confident. And so talk us through like what to say, how to think, how to how to frame those kind of protests, if you will, when when your girlfriends or whoever give you a hard time about not drinking. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to recognize that, you know, if someone is doing that, like they're doing that out of their own insecurity. Like the fact that you're not drinking is pointing out the fact that they need to drink and they feel uncomfortable doing that alone or without everyone on board. And so that's like a really just good moment to recognize like, wow, you know, I think one thing that I really went with, went through that felt really lonely on my journey when I was still drinking was thinking that this was all just me. Like I was the only one having these issues. I was the only one who like hated the, you know, version of myself with alcohol involved that everyone else was just being merry and fine and not having these like mental incongruencies in their mind. And so sometimes even when I was not, when I started to not drink and I went out socially, it was kind of interesting to watch other people's behaviors around alcohol. Because instead of then feeling like it was all me and I'm the, I was the one who was having all of this you know, wanting to drink more or wanting to drink less or whatever it is, just all this like mental stuff around alcohol, you can start to watch it around other people. And I think that that it's not like this, like, you know, reveling in their misery kind of thing. It's more of like, oh, this is so much bigger and so much more common than I thought. It wasn't just me. I wasn't the only one. All of these people around me to some degree have some kind of unhealthy relationship with alcohol too, or are using it as band-aids or are using it as crutches or whatever it is. And I think that that place of just being interested and watching that can kind of, it's like meditation where you're not your thoughts anymore. You're the version of yourself watching yourself having thoughts, right? I think it's the same thing where you distance yourself instead of like, I'm the non-drinker, they're the drinker. It's like you rise above and you're just watching how these social situations play out and like how other people might have their relationships with alcohol. And you start like just making, you know, little discoveries, little epiphanies about it. And you're not the person, the version of you who's being challenged by them. Like you're really just recognizing it on like a microcosmic kind of level, if that makes it macrocosmic kind of level. And then, you know, as people are, you know, potentially challenging or whatever, understanding that they're coming from their own insecurity, you lead with your security and your confidence. And even if that's something that's budding and something that's you're just growing at that time, it's using these one liners that just stop them in their tracks. And so I love leading with positivity. So, for example, I think one of the most honest things someone can say is, you know what, I'm taking a break from alcohol and I feel amazing. Right. Or I'm ta I haven't drank in a while and I have never felt better in my life. And it's like, when you say something like that, someone, what are they supposed to say? Oh, no, have a drink so you can feel worse, please. You know what I mean? Like, it takes the power out of their hands, thinking that they have this magical sauce that's going to make you feel better. And you lead with that and say, I feel amazing. You know, I'm great. And it's like, how can someone really argue against that? So you don't have to, like, share your full story. You know what I mean? This is like, 
not the time to go into your deepest vulnerabilities, especially with a random colleague or a random in-law or something like that. It's the time to lead with these one-liners that like really position you more confidently. Even the like, no thanks, I'm great could be really fast and simple line. If you're with people that you've never met before, I love to encourage, why not try I don't drink and like really embody what that feels like with the confidence as well. You know what I mean? But also just like I'm taking a break from alcohol. I've never felt better. No, thank you. Or like, I feel so good after, you know, having not drinking for a while. But, you know, you go on. It's like someone can't really argue with that as much anymore. And again, like I really go back to that celebrity thing. Maybe we're not Tony Robbins yet. But if we can really see it as this like secret tool that the movers and shakers of this planet use in order to be able to do the beautiful things that they do with their time, you start to just like switch over into thinking that you're in the secret club. You know what I mean? I remember going to one of my first 4th of July parties and I had these alcohol-free beers. And instead of feeling like, okay, I'm the odd one out or like people are gonna like cajole me, I was like, look at these things. Like I'm not gonna wake up with a hangover the next day. These taste so good. Like I was like really owning the fact of not drinking and almost making other people more excited about like what I had to drink and how I'm gonna wake up feeling good and all that kind of stuff. Now, obviously, it takes a bit to grow into that. And hopefully, like, that's where we can all arrive at the end of it is really feeling that confidence of our alcohol-free lifestyle. But I think those one-liners are really good at that point. And, you know, like, to sacrifice your well-being for someone else's wishes is going to be the worst feeling in the world ever. You know what I mean? It is literally going to be like, is that person really worth it? Is your uncle-in-law or, you know, some random colleague really worth it to deteriorate not just that night but even how you feel for the rest of the season because it could start you know the drinking again or just like that piece was broken or something like that they're not worth it you are so much more important than that your well-being and really aligning your life to your values you know and i love in your audience as christian women like there's already this ability to stand firm in your beliefs and in your values that might be completely different with the world and having so much pride in that and saying, this is the way we live our lives. This is the what we believe. This is how we raise our children. This is what we do. And that might look different than what other people do, but that's okay because this is so firmly rooted in our identity and our beliefs and our value system. And so if you think of like not drinking in the same way, like my value system is health. My value system is connection. My value system is integrity. Alcohol doesn't play a part in that. And having that same just shift of just being like, you know what? Other people could do this. That's fine. I'm not going to judge them. But it just doesn't have any place with the kind of life I'm trying to build. It doesn't have any place with the woman I'm trying to become. Maybe alcohol did serve me when I was in college, but I'm certainly not that version of myself anymore. I'm trying to build something new and grow into myself and always keep learning and developing and evolving. And with that, alcohol just doesn't have any space. And, you know, so many of my clients go on to write their own books, launch their own businesses, become coaches, or just find some sense of passion and purpose in this new alcohol-free lifestyle that they're budding for. And again, if we have that identity shift of like, this does not help me achieve my biggest goals and dreams. This does not help me become the version of myself I want to become. You know, I think this time of year is a really good time to visualize what do you want even in five years from now? What does that look like? How do you how do you dream up that version of yourself? And what does she do? How does she act? You know, how does she carry herself? Does she donate to charity? Does she volunteer? Like all these things that we might want in our lives. And then think backwards, how do I become that version of myself? You know, is it with alcohol? I think obviously not. You know, so even in the ability to really stand firm in your values for your belief systems and your beautiful rituals and the beautiful way that you live and love, you know, as Christians, 
I think it's such a similar metaphor to like be able to do that as a non-drinker. You know what I mean? To be okay with being different, to be okay with not sharing the same pastime as everyone else because it's not aligned with the life you're trying to build. And I think that deeper inner shift is all it takes. It's not about the secret magic one-liner at the end of the day. It's not about like, you know, the thing, it's the energy you carry. And honestly, like after maybe one person has done this to me, nobody's ever given me flack about not drinking, right? Because I believe it's the energy I carry about it. It's like, well, why do you drink? You know, if someone's like, why don't you drink? It's like, well, why do you drink? You know what I mean? It, it's It's completely become so irrelevant and meaningless to me. And I can see it as such a, societal institution that's so contextual that doesn't define what our reality has to be. You know what I mean? The greatest movers and shakers of the world are also willing to change the status quo and depart from what everyone else is doing and create new ways, which I think is just so good to embody when you're going on this journey. Yeah, I love that so, so much. I also feel like in the in that moment, I I remembered what it was like when someone told me that they weren't drinking and when I was at my most stuck, what that felt like and how it came out. And so putting myself in that, in the perspective of, or the position of the other person that might be giving you a hard time, right? It's really hard to hear those words that like you're one of your friends isn't drinking when you feel like it's the be all end all thing and you you truly believe that it's making the party better. So I think one of the things too, like just to add is just to put yourself in the position of your friend comes to you and says that they're not drinking and you still are. And what that did feel like, it doesn't feel good because it just makes the cognitive dissonance of like wanting to drink so badly, but knowing that you really still kind of, you don't at the same time. And that feeling and that discomfort is just like, well, yeah, yeah, so good. Which I think that at the end of the day is still a gift to that friend because it's totally. like needing those moments of awareness to really get honest about how they feel about alcohol. So it's like we're always doing a service. We're always being a role model. We're always being a leader, no matter how it affects other people. Like it's, I think, still affecting them and their benefit and their positive. Yeah, I love that. I remember leaving a girlfriend's 40th birthday and as the person that like never wanted the party to stop, that always shut the, the club down, never let people leave my house and all that stuff. I remember getting in the car and feeling this like massive sense of relief that I had done it. I had left I had left the party, but I burst into tears because I felt like I didn't kind of know who that that Christy was that didn't shut the party down and and wasn't the one like asking for one more round of shots and all of that stuff. And so can you speak a little bit to this is your first like kind of Christmas party season, not knowing who you fully are? Because I think that also when you're when one of your main reasons for drinking is to be fun and to be the party girl, like we get wrapped up in that being part of our persona. And I think when you're when you're realizing that maybe that's not who you really are anymore, that can feel really scary and that can feel really lonely. And one of the things that I've heard from clients is just like when you step into this place of not knowing who who you really are yet and and if it's going to be okay that you're not going to be that person that shuts the party down anymore like what like what that kind of feels like and just offer a little bit of of hope in that in that feeling yeah 
And, you know, I think it's just a beautiful testament to growth and evolution. Like, I really do believe that our biggest purpose in here in life is to help other people and to grow ourselves. And the only way we're able to help other people is by growing ourselves. You know what I mean? Even as a mother with children, like, how can you really truly help them develop if you're still stuck in the same mentality you had when you were 18 years old, right? Like, the whole point of, I think, our purpose here on this planet is to help other people. And we can only do that through growing. And so we are not meant to live into the same identity and the same person that we were when we were 15 or 18 or 25. Like that is being stuck in life is when we are stuck into those same identities. I mean, and I think we can see this so clearly, like when we're really young, it's like, oh, thank God I'm not my 21 year old self anymore. But it's like we always have that pain of losing who we once were as we kind of enter into the next phase, as we grow and evolve into the next phase of our lives. You know, even with motherhood, it can be so hard to let go of not having children, but then we welcome in literally the best gifts ever and just so much of a different sense of fulfillment, a sense of giving back. And so seeing that as literally a point and purpose of life, like you cannot stop it. If you try to stop growth in life, like you are literally hanging on, you're the Peter Pan, right? That's hanging on to those old things and you're not ever emotionally growing. You're not spiritually growing. You're not intellectually growing. You know what I mean? That's painful. Like I think that's the whole point that people have midlife crises and just have so much dissatisfaction in, in life is that that status quo eats away at them because they're no longer growing in life. As kids, we grow a lot. As adolescents, we grow a lot. But then it just kind of stops when we get to adulthood. And so, you know, really recognizing that maybe I was a party girl in college or in my 20s or whenever it was, and that's how I had significance. That's how I got people to like me. That's how I got love. That's how I had fun. But I'm willing to now see and experiment what new identity I want to grow into. I'm willing to really discover what truly makes me happy. What truly is fun for me? And I think that self-discovery, even though it can feel kind of shaky because it's all so new, it's like we actually at our core love that kind of stuff. You know, like if you were to, if I was to give a, your audience a personality test or like which Sex in the City character are you most like? Like everybody wants to know. Everyone's like, yeah, I want to take the quiz and find out my like little answer. It's like, what if we saw self-discovery the same way of like really trying to figure out what this next identity is for this next phase of your life? to really figure out what makes you happy, to really figure out what's fun for you now, really seeing it in the same way of just having that deep interest of who am I growing to be? Who is this new version of myself? And seeing it as something that's going to be beautiful. You know, I love the term from yoga that we need to let go of things that no longer serve us because I do believe in the law of vacuum is if we're clinging on to those old patterns, the old habits, the old identity, the old personality, we're never able to grow into the next version of ourselves because there's no space for it, you know? And I think that what happens when women dish alcohol is and then go on to do these incredible things or go on to live these beautiful, peaceful lives, whatever that looks like for them exactly, it's because they were able to make space for that new development. And when we're clinging on to that old identity, we're not able to enter that in. And, you know, Christy, like in your example, there was that version of you that was scared of losing that, you know, fun party girl, uh, you know, social butterfly kind of life and look at the identity you've stepped into now the coach the leader the author you know what i mean like it was scary because you didn't know then but like today looking back you can say a hundred percent that this identity trumps that past one and that sense of significance that that younger version of you got from being that life of the party is nothing compared to like the sense of impact you're now able to make in these other women's lives and so i think it's like 
faith is a word that's like thrown a lot out a lot, but I really think it comes down to like having that really strong sense of faith, like faith, obviously in your beliefs, but also faith that things are happening for you for a reason. You know, like God is shaping this development journey for you for a reason. There's so many gifts that are waiting for you at the end of this journey or the middle of this journey or whatever it is, but you have to start clinging so tightly to the past and to those outdated version of yourself and let go and allow that faith to come in and to really, you know, grow into this next version of yourself. And so I think just in your example, like the top thing that we are probably looking for in those moments is our sense of significance, is like significance and our sense of love and connection, because alcohol was the answer to both of those things. So these are our top human needs that we have to meet. There's six of them, but love and connection and significance are really up there. And so it's also recognizing that now we're going to meet these needs in new ways. You know what I mean? How am I going to be significant in new ways? How am I going to get my love and connection in new ways? And so if we can really see it as a fun journey of like, how cool would it be to get to know myself better? How cool would it be to, you know, be able to grow and really discover what makes me happy? Maybe I love waking up on Saturday mornings and writing. I mean, how many aspiring writers are listening to this right now getting excited about maybe this holiday season isn't about the big parties. Maybe it's about like waking up early and having some time to write and reflect, you know what I mean? And really having that deep time to focus on what is it that makes me happy and makes me feel alive. You know what I mean? And I think that that's one of the most beautiful parts of this journey. And it's not so easy as like, it's not so easy as like a a, a simple, you know, reframe in the sense of like, oh, now you're just not that version of your sense. It, it goes so much deeper. Like, that's what I love about even the alcohol conversation is like, this stuff isn't just like, here's a little tip for this. Here's a little thing for that. Like this goes into the deepest core of who you are and who you want to be and who you're creating on this planet. You know, and I I love the version of myself that I've grown into today versus the insecure, you know, party girl who needed that validation and that sense of like approval from other people that I was cool or whatever I thought it meant back then. You know what I mean? So I just think we need to see it as having that faith that this is happening to me for a reason. And if it's happening to for me for a reason, like I need to have that faith and believe that what I'm growing into is exactly the version of myself that God wants me to be and to start letting go of those older versions of myself. I love that. I love that so much. Carolina, thank you so, so, so much for all of this. Can you tell everyone where to find you and we'll link everything as well? Absolutely. So uh, if you're interested, I host retreats, but I also have a certification program. You get four times certified as alcohol-free life coach, success coach, mindset coach, and NLP practitioner. Uh, It is a life-changing program because so many people who ditch alcohol decide that they do want to help other people do the same thing. It's just so empowering. You can learn all about that at euphoricaf.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at euphoric.af. I'd love to hear from you too. If anything I said was interesting to you or you have any questions, please feel free to DM me. I really do love to, you know, talk to you and hear from you. And I just think it's so brave what everyone in this audience is doing. Like it's so intuitive. Like you heard a call you know, from your intuition, from God, you heard the call and you decided to be interested in it and to listen to it. Even if it's a like, you know, topsy-turvy journey, you still listen to the call, you know what I mean? And I think it's just bringing you so many incredible things in your life, even if we're at that point where you can't yet see what they are, you know what I mean? 
and to just have that faith that this is happening for a reason, trust that intuition, that call, and really recognize how brave it is, like how ridiculously brave it is to go alcohol-free in a world that demands that we drink. And that these traits that you're developing right now, whether it's more confidence, whether it's more boundaries, whether it's more you know, me time and honoring what you really like, whether it's the self-discovery, whether it's the newfound purpose, like all of these gifts that you're getting in the alcohol-free lifestyle, they're only going to spill over into like what's next for you, that beautiful thing, you know, like you were meant to go on a journey to learn how to form better boundaries. You were meant to go on a journey to find out what truly lights your soul up. It's not just like alcohol is almost the vehicle. I think it's just the symbol that we get to use in this life. And it's really the self-discovery underneath that that's like pointing you to where you're really meant to end up and seeing it as just this incredible personal development journey to like, it's it's not something that's just happening to me and not other people. It's like, oh yeah, you have been called, you know, you have been called to rise above and now develop these incredible character traits and really find yourself and find meaning in your life. Like it's actually special. Like I literally think God, the universe taps us on our shoulder when it's time to dish alcohol because we were chosen. I love it. I love it. Thank you thank so you. much, babe. We really, really appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Of course. Thank you so much. It was such a good conversation. Wishing everyone the happiest holiday season and I uh, hope a beautiful 2024. Yay. All right, ladies. We will see you next Monday. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. You can find all of our episodes at butjesusdrankwine.com and make sure you follow us over on the gram at Love Life Sober with Christy and Mead at I'm Not Sober, I'm Free. To learn more about what we do, you can visit our websites at meadhollandshirley.com and lovelifesober.com. Take a screenshot of this podcast and share it with a friend or two. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't have to worry about missing a single episode. And if you love what we're doing, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. This helps more women who are feeling stuck and alone in the overdrinking cycle to find hope and encouragement. Thanks, ladies. We so appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.